Welcome to the Average Fan of Wrestling, a podcast by and for regular fans. We book current material and fantasy books, some certain or specific events or stories. We're going to be wrong on the bookings most of the times. We're going to have a hell of a time doing it. You are listening to episode 15 entitled Queen of the Rain. I'm Jason, and as always, I'm joined to the Gargano to my champa, Chris. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I gave you the face roll. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm the, I'm the just, one beating on still, you. That's so, it, it's not even that. It's like, I love them so much as a team. <laughs> it just, you know, we got this new format, and now I start off on a bad note. It's, oh, just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. It's good. I know. Um, now playing the heel. That's pretty much it. I don't know if you're playing. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been the heel at work I've been <laughs> in real life. So I'm just going to keep going. There for you it. Go. We're going to well. get, if we're going to be roles here, I'm, I'm going to play that full heel role just as well. So as Chris just mentioned, we're going to try to mix things up a little bit. Do we'll have a new format. So we're going to talk some, any relevant news and notes like we usually do. We actually have some this week. Um, we'll get into the booking prediction. So instead of going program by program or, or feud by feud, we'll just get into the, here are the things that we'll book for the week and then talk about it through that. Um, instead of just going kind of segment by segment there on the shows, then we'll get into a new, um, a new segment where we fantasy book something. So as the title suggests this week, we're going to book what a queen of the ring 2021 could look like. Um, and we'll try to realistically fantasy book it, um, as best we can actually with some news that came out today, I had to make some adjustments to what I had on there, um, but we'll talk about that later on. Then we have top five today. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about our top five favorite repackages, character repackages, and then some trivia. So before we get going, anything you want to talk about there, my friend? No, man. I'm excited about the new format. I think it's going to make the show flow really smooth, and it's going to be a lot well, pretty enjoyable. So, and we'll get we'll get into the more of the fantasy aspect <clears throat> instead of just the current piece because I think the fantasy aspect, um, you know we can hear about the right, you know, what's happened, what's happened, what's happened, what we think is going to happen what we want to happen or what we would do, but then just kind of going a, a little bit extra here. I think it'll be fun. We'll try to get some different topics. And then the nice thing is, especially with one like this queen of the ring, just rehash it again in a half a year with, with, with uh, pretty much a, a different looking roster, how people are being pushed. Yep. Um, absolutely. So um, as we were about to get going, my wife just walked in and said hello to you. So hello to her. She said hello with her favorite one-fingered salute. Hello, um, Becky. Right so back at you. As I am playing the heel, my wife is playing the bigger. Um, <laughs> and don't even care because she's not going to listen to this. No. So and honestly, she, she'd probably agree with you anyways, oh, based yeah. on what you just said. So oh, totally. I mean, so. All right, so let's get into just some, some news and notes. I actually have three things on the list here. Typically, we don't have much in news and notes-wise, but just want to discuss first is we have the, uh, a rash of releases. I think that happened around the time we were recording last week or maybe right after. I think right afterwards. Yeah, so there were a bunch. Um, the, the, the three that really hit me the most, I'm going to combine two of them, were the Iconics. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been floundering since they split them up, haven't been able to do much, but it's sad to see them go. Um, especially when, whenever we talked about them, we're like, trade one back, get them back together. Absolutely. Because I think yeah. a revitalized Iconics would actually do really well. And then the most disappointing one, I think, which everyone agrees with, is Samoa Joe. I um, cannot wrap my head around the reasoning behind that one. That is I mean, absurd to me. It's almost like each year, you know, you, 
at Royal Rumble, we get surprises, right? You're expecting that big surprise. And at WrestleMania, except for this friggin' year, the Raw after WrestleMania or the week after WrestleMania, you're expecting those surprises on the shows to set up new stuff. It's almost now like, hey, we're going to do a round of releases each year or even like the Hall of Fame, right? There's always that one big person in the Hall of Fame. Yep. It's like, hey, we're going to do a round of releases and you're, there's going to be that one bigger name. Last year, I would argue, and I will still argue, it was Rusev. And now this year, it's Samoa Joe. Um, maybe his injury is worse than they thought. He's not, you know, he's going full Taz and can't really do much anymore. Um, just, it's, Man, it's unfortunate. This guy, you know, if, even if that was the case, uh, there's something they could do with him still. I mean, the guy cuts a promo. He's believable when he cuts a promo. Right. He's a lot like an Eddie Kingston in AEW or Taz, where it's like they pick up the mic and you know whatever they're going to say is good. Like, I listen to him read off the grocery list. Honestly, he's that damn good on a mic. Yeah. No so kidding. there's no reason, considering he's always been considered, it's been said there's the the family that has, you know, all the other Samoans, the Rock, Roman Reigns, uh, the Wild Samoans, and then there's Samoa Joe. So it's like two families from Samoa. Yeah. Why, if you have the whole head of the table bloodline with Roman, could you not have him have his own little faction started up to combat? I mean, there's so much stuff you could have done with this guy if he can't wrestle. And we don't even know he can't. We're just saying if he can't. Right. Makes no sense. Companies making more money than ever, and they just continue to shoot themselves in the foot with talent they can't use properly. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just one that comes back around quickly. I don't think it will. I think he'll get scooped up. He'll either go indie. I mean, hell, I, I think he might just end up in Ring of Honor at this point because I mean AEW is getting a bit full to be to be honest. Um, TNA and a you know I don't I don't see him at. I mean, he could go back to TNA where he was just the megastar. But I mean, I mean, how great would it be if he just showed up at Ring of Honor? I mean, I think that would be great. Him and Punk because I know oh, Punk yeah. was talking about wrestling him now. Put Punk and and uh, and Joe at a Ring of Honor pay per view. Just, just as a one-off even? I mean, come on. MLW just got a TV deal to be on Vice. That, that too. So, so I mean, how big would it be to have a guy like Samoa Joe show up? Even if he can only do commentary. Yeah. To show up and just be there, even for a few weeks while it gets off the ground. Like, that would be huge for a company that's I mean, been around for a bit, but not exactly nationally known to the mainstream. Right. Um. All right. So, that, we'll see what happens with that. Second is we have the announcer shakeup, which is not really like a huge deal, but I'm just wanted to mention it. On Raw, we have um, Adnan Verk, who's with Byron Saxton and Corey Graves. So, Corey, so Graves jumps to Raw from SmackDown. I, I, I hate to say it, but I like the Corey Graves, Michael Cole dynamic they had. Yeah, I did too. So now we're just going to get Corey Graves uh, pretty much crapping on Byron Saxton each week, which okay it's fun but it's yeah. gonna get old very very quick and then i mean adnan's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination i mean he's no vic joseph bad <laughs> but like it's, it's gonna take a little getting used to i guess i i haven't heard like what what's tom phillips he just kind of left i don't know if he got sick i don't know if he's something happened but he wasn't on wrestlemania he uh i'm not quite sure what's going down there so it, it's 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 different, and I'm not sure if I like it completely yet. I haven't actually checked this, but they may have redone the NXT broadcast, and he may be on the NXT team also. Oh, that could make sense, because they released Mickey James, too, who just started on NXT. Or at least, she, I don't know if it was a one-off that maybe right. Mickey James is doing. Um, I mean, but I'm not sad to see her go. I mean, it, it means nothing to me. 
<laughs> sorry mickey james i know you're listening um but it's just she hasn't done much it's just like she hasn't done anything to to the for the brand in a while so it's just meh um this one is more interesting and i don't like it yet but the new smackdown team of michael cole and pat mcafee um don't get it mcafee can be good but he is being so overly fake heel yeah. like some people are yeah. natural with that heel with the heel commentary Corey graves jerry lawler piper oh piper didn't do too much heel commentary um the brain you know what i mean like all those mm-hmm. guys mcafee is just it's so forced um and even like in the times where you shouldn't talk what was it i think it was mm, it was Roman, right? When Roman was there and they were piping in the fake you sucks or whatever. And McAfee's just kind of making the comments during that. It's just like, you got to know when, you know, less is more. So hopefully he'll grow into it um, and he won't get overly annoying. But I, I have a feeling we're going to get super annoyed with him. My only problem with, with like you said, I think I think Adnan, Adnan Burke, I may have said that wrong, but he, he, he was fine. I think he'll be fine. Uh, he seemed, uh, apparently he's been a fan for a while, so... Yeah, I know just, you're never. If you're in the wrestling business, you're never supposed to be a fan. But the fact is, it's just not how it works. So he's gonna right. have some, he's gonna have some trip ups, dude. You and I do a podcast for an hour, hour and a half a week, and it's hard for us not to trip up. And we're not on national television, and we can right. edit that. So whatever. I'm, I don't know that kind of stress. I'm sure he'll be fine. I like Pat McAfee when he was cutting the heel promos in NXT, going against Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era. Yes, it was really really good. The only problem with McAfee is. Well, I actually I enjoy his show as well, uh, most of the time, but he doesn't have that commanding take charge voice that a heel commentator needs to have. Right. He has more of a a, a slow. Um, he's not a JBL. He's not a Booker T. I right. know Booker wasn't a heel, but he's not a Booker T. He doesn't have that strong like it, it like big boy voice. He kind of talks a little lower, a little softer, a little faster. I'm not really buying that. You can barely hear him over Michael Cole. That's true. No, you're 100 percent right. Um, so I mean, I'll give him the chance. Of course, we'll see what happens. Sure, sure. I mean, um, all right. So let's get into it. We'll do a quick review of the bookings that we did last week. Did a stellar one for ten. <laughs> Spoiler alert: one for ten so far. Um, and there's actually not. We do have a, a chance to to get a couple of these turned. But let's just go through the ones that are definitely out. Um, Baron Corbin becoming the number one contender for the Universal title. That was a stretch. Not Didn't even come close. Ricochet turning heel to join the Hurt Business. Uh, I think it's still going to happen, just not for a while. Um, this one's a no, but will probably happen. Mason T-Bar going back to their original names. Um, I see that after what's happened on Raw this week. Oh, yeah. With them getting the mask ripped off and all that stuff. It's just like... Thank oh, God. we're getting a first oh. look at them without their masks. I'm like, bro, we've Thank seen you. them in NXT all the time. Um, the spirit of Halloween, twelve dollar masks are gone. Okay. Thank you. Like, I was gonna say more of the, was it BDSM or BSDM or whatever <laughs> yeah. the hell it is? The leftover stuff from demolition. No kidding. Um, so that one, I, I'm. It's it's a no. It's a, it's a loss right now. But that that could turn into a win. Cesaro emerging as a challenger for the IC title was a big nope. Keith Lee returning to challenge the U.S. title. Big nope. New Day getting a rematch for the tag titles. Doesn't look like it's happening, even though we still haven't seen AJ and Omos since Mania. It's been two, two Raws now. 
this next one so close thought i had it because this was kind of the longest shot but it was there. street profits taking the tag titles i thought they had it they were there yep oh you know montez ford first of all the match got announced i'm like oh sweet okay um i'm in a running here and then montez ford hit the the splash like oh damn and then ziggler just oh man that bastard um but that's a loss i don't think it's gonna happen Miz walking out on Morrison during a match didn't happen. Um, we didn't see any Morrison this week, actually, interestingly enough. And then the Fidnap, the, the Fidnap, <laughs> the Fiend kidnapping Alexa Bliss. I actually don't think that's going to happen now either, because that looks like Alexa Bliss is now going to actually focus on wrestling women, weirdly enough. I don't even know if the Fiend is the Fiend anymore, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and I didn't, have we seen Seamus? Was Seamus there? Did I miss Seamus? Seamus, uh, on the bookings? No, 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 like on the show, because you said we haven't well, seen yeah, AJ was on this, almost. Yeah, no, Seamus was on this past one. We'll talk uh, I must about have, okay, I just missed him. I must he, did an open, he did an open challenge where uh, Umberto Carrillo came out, and he just he destroyed Umberto Carrillo. Like, it wasn't even a match. It didn't even get to okay. a good match. He, he uh, beat him beforehand. So it was like almost Adam Pierce goaded him into an open challenge, and Seamus like, I'll do the open challenge, but then just beat him down beforehand. So I think that might be the new shtick, not, letting, not getting the bell to ring before – Someone answers the open challenge for a couple weeks. Um, the one did get right is Oscar versus Charlotte on Raw with Rhea Ripley interfering. Um, but that one was, I mean, I even feel bad taking, putting a yes for that one because it was just, it was too. Hey, a win's uh, a win. Take it and run. It was too obvious. So let's get into. So instead of again, instead of going through each show and each title, um, we'll talk about the bookings for this week. And then we'll get into the discussion on what's happened. We'll go from there. So um, the first one is probably the most obvious, but I want to win. Um, is Cesaro getting a title match at Backlash? Um, I almost put money in the bank, even though that's farther away. But the way that SmackDown went this week, um, I'm nervous of what they're doing. They mentioned the swing. And they showed the highlight of the swing and the UFO six times in two hours, at least showed it or mentioned it six or seven times in two hours. It was overkill. It was way, way too much. Um, Which means they're, I mean, it's actually the same formula that they're doing with Bobby Lashley when Lashley was taking the title off the Miz um, for those couple of weeks. It's, It's very, very similar formula to what they're doing here. And they're, they're dedicating their whole episode to, to one person. Um, it looks like they're doing the same. They did the same with Cesaro. So um, Cesaro fought Jey Uso on SmackDown this past week. And got the victory. Right? He got the victory. Yeah. Right, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. I'm, I'm, I need yeah, to I am take, too, honestly. I, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he got the victory. I didn't uh, receive Sheamus, so. Hmm. Oh, no. No, no. I'm sorry. He did. It was a DQ because Rollins came out at the end. Um and attacked and attacked uh, Cesaro toward the end of the match with, with Jey Uso. So it, it's almost like Cesaro is going to be either they're going to set up a triple threat maybe later down the road. Um, but Cesaro and, and Rollins aren't done, but now Cesaro's trying to start something up with reigns. So we're, it's going to get interesting. Um, this, this feud, I'm not quite sure what to do with it. You know what I love to see? I can't remember the last time, like when Rollins, um, Rollins, Jesus, when Cesaro entered the ring and Reigns just walked away from him. Like, yeah. I don't even care to hear you. I'd love him to continue that, 
because that's not something they've done very often. I mean, they've done you're not worthy of a challenge before, but they usually at least talk to the guy. Yeah. I'd love to have them put it off and just keep completely – have Cesaro just beat every top contender but not even get a shot at Reigns because Reigns feels he's not worthy and then have Cesaro win money in the bank mm-hmm. and go face-to-face with him and say, okay, you can't deny this now. I have my match, and then go and beat Reigns. This way you stretch it out a month, two months, three months. There you go. Like and Reigns still has other stuff to do. Cesaro can keep looking strong and build up, and then beats Reigns, made guy, which he should already be. And right. Go from there. I like that. Um, so, I mean, I think they're going to announce a backlash. I do. Well, whether it'll actually happen or not is, is another thing to be seen, especially since we already have Lashley and McIntyre. Um, and further, I mean, I don't have any bookings, booking things on the Lashley McIntyre. Oh, that's not true. Just kidding. Um, we'll get there. Um, it doesn't have to do specifically with Lashley McIntyre, but it all goes together. So that's booking number one out of 10. Number two, um, I'm going to book the dirty dogs to defend against both Mysterios and Alpha Academy one each over the next two weeks um, and defend, defend uh, and retain both of those. Um, I so feel Jimmy like Uso comes back. Exactly. Yep. I think we're still in a holding pattern until yep. the Usos take it, unless there's another face team or more realistically, a superstar shakeup after backlash. Mm. It's got to happen. I mean, you would think. I've been talking about this since freaking Rumble, between the Rumble and Elimination Chamber about a, a, a uh, about a shakeup. It's got to happen sooner or later. And that'll, I mean, if that is, that already writes the episode for us because that's going to mm-hmm. be the episode booking the, oh, the yeah, shakeup. Absolutely. Um, we so can do our own draft. Two, exactly. Um, book them until. So book book them winning these until the Usos come back, or there's another strong face team, which there really isn't. Unless you call, I mean, you could call someone up. Um, can't see them calling many teams up from NXT right now. No, I don't think so. There's really not a, a solid team. Brizango, I mean, it's the only <laughs> one I can really think of. A, a solid face team that could do something, but. I bet you if they do come, it'll be a one-off and it'll be another loss. So it's just, I think they're in a holding pattern right now. Biggest too is you need believability. And Breezango has been comedy for the past five, six, seven years. Right. Uh, I mean, nobody's going to buy. They're going to come in and beat anybody. Yeah. Either that or we'll do a unified tag title match at Money in the Bank. Don't, um, like, don't, don't get my hopes up, Jason. Exactly. But I mean, we if we're booking, that's what I'm going to book. So, um. Number have, three, a pop- have a pay-per-view and unify all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, Apollo Crews um, will defend against Nakamura in his first title defense. I feel like Nakamura is a good feeding ground for Apollo. Definitely. Definitely. Especially with Dabo Kato. I can see that. Or Ad- Admiral Commander. Commander uh, Adziz, I believe it is. I don't know. I'm going to call him Dabo Kato because that's who the hell he is. You're the grammar um, guy. If you can't figure it out, I have no chance. I, I don't even have I don't have it written down here, but it's something like that. I should have, you know, me doing better research would have written it down, but this is what I get. Um, but I think when I don't think it would be Biggie yet. You need Nakamura. Um, Nakamura is a good guy to put Apollo over and keep building Apollo Cruz until the I don't know who the right guy is to take the title off Apollo. 
to be honest right now. I don't think it's E. I don't think it's Nakamura. It's not going to be Cesaro at this point. So maybe again, your shakeup idea, somebody else comes in. Exactly. And he loses it on shakeup night. That would be even better. Um, So someone from raw coming in and taking it. Um, Not Jeff Hardy, even though that's something stupid they would do or a return or a debut from NXT. Like put, I mean, uh, they shouldn't do it, but Damian Priest. Adam Cole comes in first night. Yeah, but he's uber heel right now, so I don't think that. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I you know. could even do it in like a, a three, four, five way match. True. Have true, him true, come true. in, take That's it. Even better, yeah. Keith Lee again, if he if, yep. if he's not in the U.S. title picture, something. Um, unless Apollo's going to be a long term champ, but I don't see this having much legs. I actually, see this gimmick dying by the summer. So. I thought it would already have, honestly. So it's lasted longer than I give it credit for. Nothing against Apollo. I just it makes lousy. Yeah, character's stupid. Now that you're with Dabo Kato, it's like they're they're doubling down. That's that's it. You know you're in for at least a few months if they bring somebody up to be a yep. second. So um so now for number four to transition to the Dabo Kato Apollo of Raw, we have AJ and Omas, who we already mentioned, haven't seen since they won the titles. Haven't really been mentioned. So my um my booking here is pretty straightforward and probably if it's, if it's not the, if it's not Cesaro, that the slam dunk one, I think this is, is the Viking Raiders confronting AJ and Omos for a title shot. Um, they're, they're really the only return through the, for, through the disappointing week after WrestleMania is very, very little. Yeah. And apparently um, now that Cedric and uh, Shelton are just a job tag team for whatever reason, yeah, they're, I mean, again, they're ones that need to move. We talked about this yep. before before oh, the yeah. Hurt Business split up, and we proposed the Hurt Business splitting up years, not years ago, months ago. And that was originally saying go into retribution, but get, get them on the SmackDown. Just separate them out, reset them. Um, but I think there's not much happening tag-wise. Again, just unify these freaking titles, please. Like, this is just getting old and annoying. Uh, it's just there's no depth on either show no so let's let's use both shows and and add some depth here so we'll go with that uh my number five booking we didn't see either of these guys on smackdown last week edge and daniel bryan and my booking is just a simple edge and daniel bryan fight all around the arena i don't want promos i don't want challenges i want to see say someone about to talk to one of them then the other one comes and then throughout the whole night they're just fighting all over the like arena it. or the stadium or something don't I talk like it. just beat the crap out of each other yep. all of the things you know the twitter is about daniel bryan's contract and all that stuff so let's get into that retirement angle send daniel bryan off edge wins the feud daniel bryan goes off into the sunset give edge one more something before he hurts himself again um you imagine if they if they honestly were both ready to walk away, they could just have a retirement match where they both just retire after, like they're both that, their well, last match. That'd be huge. Exactly. I mean, the only thing that brings me to like PTSD is Brock Goldberg. Um, I can't remember what WrestleMania it was. Was Stone Cold? 20. It must have been twenty. I was going to yeah. say it was at Madison Square Garden, so it must have been twenty. Um, with Stone Cold there, and it's just like how poorly that went but i think it would be a different reaction oh i think it'd be monstrously different reaction i think they'd be cheered you'd probably have a hogan rock eight to ten minute 
you know, uh, crowd standing, you know, giving them a standing ovation yeah, when they came out one. before. You know, I forgot a news and note, which kind of goes with this. Um, my other, I had a third news and notes that, that I, that I missed. Um, and I saw a tweet somewhere and I don't use the Twitter very often, but I saw this pop up that someone Twitter. from WWE management was announcing the return of live shows and a travel schedule it said coming soon. Just be ready. Huh. So right. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, and I'm ready for my, when we get to number nine on this, I'll, I'll talk more about this when we get to, when I get to my number nine, because I think it works out perfectly if this is true when they start doing the full-time live shows and this is just more selfishness on my part, but, or our part, I'll say, because we both really want to go SummerSlam in Boston. Um, (laughs) So I have, I have a great build for that, that they started teasing on raw this week um, that would help build a SummerSlam in Boston, which would be perfect. So we'll get, actually, you know what, let's do that one now. All right. So if we're going to build to SummerSlam in Boston, getting the fans back, who's the one person who needs to be on that show? John Cena. Yep. Right. And Absolutely. they they dropped some hints about John Cena, the US title, US Open Challenge with Sheamus backstage. So this number nine prediction is way, way out there, but I seem to be doing better with the way out there predictions than the actual or the way out there bookings than than anything else. I want to see the build begin for Sheamus versus John Cena match at, at SummerSlam. Long-term story arc here where you get you get a surprise appearance from Cena on one of the next couple episodes of Raw. Answers the open challenge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like after after Sheamus is like beating down all these 24-7 title guys, right? Um, Cena answers, but then it's like, nope, it's gonna happen later. And then just says to the Summerfest, whatever we want to call it. Um, <laughs> Summerfest. In the words of Jeremy Piven. Yep. Oh god. Um, to the Summerfest. So <laughs> I think that and then in, in combination with returning to a live schedule and traveling and bringing what we so deserve up here because we, we wanted it, we had it in our grasp for the first time in forever, a major pay-per-view, not just, I mean, we've had, we had Helena sell the one with Charlotte and uh, Sasha. I think that was 16. I mean, like we want this big pay-per-view SummerSlam, mm-hmm. like one of the big, Come on, just give it to us, please. So I think combining those is a perfect opportunity. I agree that it's a good chance, especially if they are planning on having it in Boston, yeah, that it, you know Cena would definitely be there. And that makes a perfect sense to bring up the U.S. Open Challenge and have him come do it there. Yeah, um, yeah that makes total sense. And I think if they were going to do that, you'd probably see him the first televised show. What well, would be Raw if it's going to be Sheamus? Uh, Raw. Uh, after they actually get fans back, yep, they wouldn't. They wouldn't waste this on Thunderdome. They no, no, no. But I just let's let's make that happen. So even if this happens in a month, I'm changing it from a no to a yes. I'm not. I'm not sticking to my two week rule because uh, it's our podcast. We yeah, yeah, we don't have to. We can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have four left here. Let's go to. Let's go to the WWE title. Um, because we had this whole thing with we didn't see Lashley this week, also, interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, there was a lot, a lot of big names that that were left off this week. Um, but we had the thing with MVP and McIntyre, and don't tell me that Mason T Bar aren't with you. And then we went, he got attacked again by Mason T Bar, got the handicap match, getting beat down. Then Braun comes down for the save, and they did the old now it's a tag match. 
so turned it into a three segment thing um where both uh mason t-bar were unmasked and shockingly they were uh was it dio madden right dio madden and dominic dajakovich (gasps) they've never seen him before it's like you watched him for two years in nxt exactly it's just like just like again it bothers the hell out of me same thing with dabo kato it's like we're not in 1993 we know that these guys we like we're watching we know what's happening you can't just be like nope these are completely different guys completely you know what i mean like it doesn't work dabo kato got a unique look seven foot tall monster comes out michael cole's like who is that he was on raw less than a year ago like come on um so this Madden Dijakovic situation. Um, I think everyone's expecting them that MVP is going to be the one that's kind of pulling the strings, but I want to pull the swerve here. Again, this is one way out of left field. It's actually going to be Strowman. Who's the one who's controlling those two, not McIntyre. Sure. He's so not I too would... stupid to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, I'm sure he got a B. Braun. Um, I think having Strowman have a couple people with him, Matt and the Dijakovic, it's something we really, I mean, we saw it happen with, I mean, very briefly in his misguided heel turn, um, on reins with Drew McIntyre and, and, um, Dolph Ziggler. what did they call themselves? Oh my goodness. They, they gave themselves a name, a trio name, because it was the Shield versus... I can't remember for the life of me. But do you remember, like, they gave themselves yeah. a name. I just cannot remember. I think it had dogs in it, too. Like, it was like, like how they're the dirty dogs now. It was something... They, they gave themselves a faction name, and I can't remember what it was, but I think I think Braun Strowman... Let's, let's give him the turn, give him, you know, Dijakovic and, and Madden to, to do some stuff with. Um... And then it might it might add an extra layer to this Lashley McIntyre feud because after that's done, Orton has already said, "Oh, I'm next," which means I honestly think it'll be Orton versus that winner at Money in the Bank. But then we set up for Strowman at SummerSlam, and I think that'd be give me like, faction leader Braun Strowman against Mob Boss Roman Reigns at the Survivor Series team versus team. Oh yes, sir. That'd be fun. Just just be- they have months up just beating the crap out of each other. That'd be but, great. But the other thing is, I don't want to see Raw versus SmackDown ever again. So, uh, as much as if they do do Raw versus SmackDown, yes. But if we can avoid that crap and have like actual storylines that go through SummerSlam, I mean, uh, Survivor Series, and not pause everything from mid October to mid November just for a friggin' pay per view. Well, uh, you see, they always have their classic Survivor Series match where they face each other. There's no McGinney Stakes. Well, you can. Something. I mean, you could, have, you could have them put Roman's team up, although Roman will probably be championing him by then anyways. But you could have them put Roman's team up and have you know, whoever's on Raw come up to Braun and say, you guys are the only ones that can stop him. If you win, you get such and such. You right. know, like, I don't know. Probably won't happen. I just thought it would be a cool visual to see no, it, it, all I those agree. guys go at each other. But it's just like, I hate how they just, for the last however many years, they put all the other storylines on hold. Yeah. And then they're doing all these attacks the blue shirts going and the blood's going into the Crips locker room and just right. Yeah. It's just like, ugh, stop. So you guys have a blood feud, but because they put on a red shirt, all of a sudden they're getting along just fine. Exactly. So, well, we can get down that road later. So we'll see if Strowman does that. Um, I have three more here. 
Uh, let's go with the women's tag titles. This one's interesting. It is. And I'm going to go way out of, I mean, I'm in the same ballpark as what's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I think everyone's surprised that they haven't dropped yet. They haven't dropped the titles yet. The dissension is there. Something obviously um, fake Ellsworth is gone. Reginald's not there anymore because they just literally just stopped talking about him. And Angel Garza showed up this week backstage, presumably to take that Reginald role, I would say. Um, but I, I don't see Shayna and Nia actually dropping the titles. I see them forfeiting the titles. So my, my booking in this is Shayna and Nia forfeiting the women's tag titles. Um, hmm. Because, I mean, well, let's just be realistic. Shayna Baszler has lost every match in the last two months Yeah, to everyone. She's literally lost to almost the entire women's division, both shows in whatever match, singles match, tag matches, whatever. She's taking the pin on literally everything. Um, I just, when you want to suspend disbelief, or like Mandy and Dana Brooke, Naomi and Lana, the Riot Squad, none of them are viable threats. No one's going to say you're beating Nia Jackson for Shayna Baszler. That's not happening. Um, I think storyline-wise, to protect them, even though Shayna's been destroyed already, you just have them forfeit and then have them start feuding and then either honestly put these titles to the side for now or put them on someone brand spanking new. I don't, I don't know what else to do with these because it's just it's a mess right now. Yeah, it's really tough. They had a perfect situation at SummerSlam. They could have had kind of a confrontation amongst each other, had Natty and, and Tamina take them off them. Then they could have feuded and nobody would have batted an eye at it. But now it's like, like you said, they beat everybody. So where do you go? Right. Um, so that's the best I can do with that. Um, next, Alexa Bliss with this Lily doll. So Lily's stupid. Let's just put that on the record. Lily made me do it. We're going to go that route. Fine. If we start getting Alexa Bliss back in the ring, winning matches, actually in storylines, that makes some goddamn sense, then fine. So in order to do that, she needs to have interactions with other female wrestlers, shockingly enough, since she's only fought, what, two matches in the last year? Mm, yeah. Been in the ring more with Randy Orton than any other female wrestler. She had Asuka two weeks in a row, yep. and that was about it. Yep. So I think... Alexa Bliss just starts attacking a woman each week, calling them her sacrifices or something. Not saying that these women are going to join her, but that she's just going to start laying people out. Right. And there is one, only one logical person you start with. It's Nikki Cross. Poor Nikki Cross. Haven't seen hell or high water from her in forever. I think Nikki Cross should go back to NXT. I think this is a perfect time to do it. You have Alexa Bliss just... I don't know, lure into her playground or actually have a damn match, but then just obliterate her, squash her, not kill her because that's kind of dark, but metaphorically, figuratively kill her and then send her on her merry way back down to NXT during the Superstar shakeup in between Backlash and Money in the Bank. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> You know what the storyline reminds me of? I don't know if you ever have. I, I, I've always played video games. I enjoy them. I know you're quite a bit busier than I am, so I, I doubt you get much time to play them these days. But, like, you start off playing a game, and it's really good. And then they make a sequel, and it's really good. 
Yeah. And they make a third one, and it's like, okay. And now you're on, like, number seven or eight, and you're like, how did we get this far down the trail? Where where are we going with this? Is there any end? Was there ever any purpose to begin with? The first one was great. That's what the storyline is. Started out awesome. Had some great potential elements. They went right by all those exits. Forget that. We're going to keep going with this. Right. Didn't conclude it at WrestleMania. At the expense of Bray Wyatt, who they have never, ever gave a satisfying conclusion to any storyline they put him in. Mm-hmm. They have That's no idea where they're going. They're just going to keep making sequels. Yep. I agree. And it's, uh, when you said video games, I'm like, you just describe either the Saw movies or Alien. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Same with the Saw. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing. Or or the seasons of Alias. Um, like, first Saw was great, but if you looked at it at, at, at number six or seven, it was just gore porn. That's all it was. Yeah, exactly. So... Let's see what happens there. And this last one, now that WWE has quote unquote announced, even put on CNN when 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 I went to CNN and you look at the uh, the sports section night before you even log in the Bleacher Report, it says WWE superstar suspended indefinitely, fined a hundred k. So they're literally putting storyline stories out there, kayfabe stories out there on the real news. It's just interesting. So Charlotte went crazy after losing to Asuka with Ripley getting involved. Um, just, you know, now we're going to play the suspended indefinitely and fine angle. So we've seen this recently. You had Becky Lynch a few years ago who was suspended for 30 days, but she was legit hurt and needed to rest up before mania. So right. Right. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, who was suspended indefinitely because he was going away for a while, but Charlotte was just away for a while and she just came back. So obviously I don't think anyone's buying that. She's actually going to be gone for any length of time no um, oh i don't know because i think they're trying to aim for charlotte and Rhea at SummerSlam. right um i think so the booking for this one because charlotte charlotte i'm just going by a a taste of what she said during one of her promos mm-hmm. and she's like i could beat oscar i could beat ripley i could beat both of you in the same night i think we're actually going to build not for backlash if we're going to play so i had it for backlash originally but since we're going to play this um suspension angle up we'll say money in the bank so in the same night charlotte versus oscar charlotte wins then it's charlotte versus Rhea. but it's weird because usually it's the face who would go through that you know what i mean two matches yeah. in a night but this is a heel so i think that they're actually going to do it but she's going to lose to Rhea, or something will happen where she doesn't take the title off of Rhea um at money in the bank and then you get that just solid one-on-one rematch or it would make more sense um charlotte versus oscar long match Rhea comes out destroys beats her with a chair does all that stuff but that's again opposite rules opposite face and heel rules so i don't know that one's a another um shot in the dark i mean i think it would have made sense what was going to happen until they said went with this suspension angle the suspension part like mucked everything up in my book yeah why even bring her back let's let her stay off tv for a bit and then when she exactly. comes back, it'll be like, oh, well, there she is. Okay, cool. And then, uh, yeah, I, especially like, with all the weirdness, the legit weirdness around her not being at WrestleMania where they told her she was pregnant, had a false test. They took her off the card. Wait, that, I didn't know that that was a thing. They told her that she was pregnant? I, oh, I yeah. When they when they released Andrade, that was that was an interview he did, and she had to actually come out and, and clarify it. Like, that wasn't an angle. Like, they actually told her she was pregnant. She was off WrestleMania. And then she went and got a test. And she was like, no, I'm not. Pregnant or COVID? Pregnant. 
so they said that she was pregnant. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that at all. Yeah, but that was a real life thing. It wasn't part of any storyline. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I mean, they just, I mean, what's with these wrestlers and not wrapping it up? Legit. Well, I think she did. I think that's probably why she was so surprised. Oh, she probably it. is being careful. Probably like, wait, what the hell? It's just like, yo, you guys make a lot of money. Buy some Plan B or something. Like, for, for, for freaking sake. You Sorry. would think. Uh, good gracious. So, all right. Well, there are the 10 bookings. We'll just review them real quick. Cesaro gets a title master backlash. 30 dogs defend against both Mysterios and Alpha Academy over the next two weeks. Apollo Crews defending against Nakamura in his first title defense. Viking Raiders confronting AJ and Omos for a title shot. Edge and DB fight all around the arena. Shayna and Nia forfeit the women's tag titles. Alexa Bliss attacks and destroys Nikki Cross as her first sacrifice. Strowman, the one who is aligned with Madden and Dijakovic. Um, the build will begin for a Sheamus-John Cena match at SummerSlam. And then Charlotte versus Asuka, then Charlotte versus Ripley. I hate that one, but I needed something. Uh, in the same night, Money in the Bank. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not too confident, but again, I'm, I'm you know, total of 14% overall, 10% last week. It's all good. I'm happy if it's even 20, you know what I mean? Like I'm aiming just for a 20% mark on any week. So I mean, realistically, you get more hits than their entire booking committee does. So. No kidding. That's still that's still pretty good numbers, Jason. All right. So uh, let's transition here to the new segment. So we're going to fantasy book. Um, and again, this, well, Chris hasn't really seen any of this. So no, it's the um, first time now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to fantasy book a queen of the ring tournament. Um, and this one, I want to do an actual legit tournament. So I had 32 women in this tournament and then ranking the participants based on like championships, wins, positive or negative popularity and just having a straight up single elimination tournament. So it came up with 32 women, Ross, SmackDown and NXT, no, uh, no um, legends or anything, just because I want to keep it current. Right. Um, on the website, you can see how I rank them one through 32 average fan of wrestling.com, but we'll get into it. So we're going to have four brackets, like almost like March Madness style. And we're going to name them after legends. So we're going to have the Alundra Blaze bracket, the Lita bracket, the Beth Phoenix bracket, and the Trish Stratus bracket. So we'll just talk about who's who. And we, I mean, talk about who wins and how, um, seating and all that stuff, and just have a little bit of fun. So, you good? Any questions on, on what I did? Or you're... No, I like it. Let's do it. All right. So the Alundra Blaze bracket will start out with the number one seed, Charlotte. And she will face the number 32 seed, Casey Catanzaro, in what will be just an awfully quick squash match where Charlotte wins by submission. Um, you know, Casey Catanzaro is great, but she's going to just piss her pants going up against Charlotte. And that'll be fun to watch. Um, we have the number 16 seed, Shotzi Blackheart, versus the number 17 seed, Naomi, where I love Shotzi, and Shotzi wins by pin just because... Naomi has the worst finisher in the face of uh, in the history of WWE, uh, and she gets punished for that. Come on, a rear view. Yep, it's ridiculous. Criminally <laughs> underrated. Ridiculous. Next match in this bracket, un uh, low seated, but this is what she gets. Number eight, Bianca Belair, and that will be up for debate. Bianca Belair as low as eight right now, but she is Oof. Um, going up against number twenty five, Dakota Kai. But Bianca wins that one with her. Oh, why can't I think of her finish? Whatever her finish is. Um, 
Kiss of Death, the KOD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember either. I'm like, damn. And then number nine, Nia Jax just squashes number 24, Ruby Riot, because poor Ruby Riot. Um, and then in the semifinals of that bracket, we'd have Charlotte versus Shotzi, Bianca Belair versus Nia. And this is this is one of the ones that like the seeding just works out. So Charlotte beats Shotzi, unfortunately. Love you, Shotzi, but Charlotte goes over. Um, Bianca goes over Nia because Nia just, you know, she'll slip and fall, then Bianca will roll her up. Because I guess that's what we're doing with Nia Jax now when we're just having her slip and fall. Well, it's um, better than damaging her hole. So exactly. And then this will lead to a Charlotte Bianca Belair finals of the Alundra Blaze bet bracket where Bianca picks up a roll up win. So I'm not even going to give her the KOD win. She's not going to put the KOD on Charlotte Flair and win. But Bianca wins by roll up. So Bianca Belair, the number eight seed, is going to come out of the Alundra Blaze bracket into our final four. Next, we have the Lita bracket. So Lita, we're going to have number four, Becky Lynch, making her triumphant postpartum return. Uh, and I know, poor, poor Nikki Cross. She's ranked so low, number 29. But Nikki Cross, number 29. Becky gets her with the, the arm bar for the win. Arm bar. Yeah, or is that what she called? What does she call it? Um, uh, this armor, thank you. She's been out for so long. Um, number 13, Carmella versus number 20, Sonia Deville. And this is where we're going to see our first upset with Sonia Deville tapping out Carmella. Ah, okay. Um, Carmella is, is, is an overrated seed 13, but when you come by, when you go by championships and all that stuff, like she deserves you up there, right? Sonia Deville will take, take that as the 20 seed. Uh, number five, Asuka, will beat number 28, Dana Brooke, by submission. Pretty standard. I think no one's really surprised about that. Mm-hmm. Then number 12, Io Shirai, um, just dropped a bit just because of, of her recent loss, dropping the title, will beat Mia Yim or Reckoning or whatever the hell we're going to call her by pin. Um, Mrs. Which Keithley? Be, what's, Mrs. Keithley, yes. We call it whatever. No, she's good. Call. She's good. I'm just messing around. She just turns her own name. <laughs> um. So this will lead in the semis, Becky Lynch versus Sonya Deville, Asuka versus Io Shirai, which that will be set up so we can see Asuka versus Io Shirai, which would be a great match. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people would want to see that. Um, so obviously we'd have Becky beat Sonya Deville by submission. That would be a good match on its own too, Becky and Sonya Deville. Absolutely. Um, and then have Io Shirai upset Asuka. Um, so we get a – instead of getting Becky and Asuka again, we can get Becky and Io Shirai in the finals of this Lita bracket, but Becky Lynch, EO is great, but Becky's better. And Becky, Becky will get into our final four to set up a Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair final four match. Yes, sir. Man, flip a coin. Yep. The Beth Phoenix bracket. We start with number two ranked Sasha Banks tapping out number 31, Caden Carter. Um, number 15, Tamita, beating her partner, number 18, Natalia, by pin. Because um, you always need a little bit of drama there, right? Right. Um, so tag team partners, 15 versus 18. And I didn't actually have to manipulate that too, too much when I was going through and ranking them. Um, Rhea Ripley, number seven, beating Liv Morgan, 26. And then number 10, Raquel Gonzalez, pinning number 23, Mandy Rose. So just this one, you know, this one didn't have too many first round 
close matches, those would all be pretty significant. Um, but in the quarter, in the semifinals here of this one, we have Sasha versus Tamina and Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. So first I'm going to have Raquel Gonzalez go over Rhea Ripley by DQ. So we need some sort of DQ and shenanigans. So I'd love to see something, you know, Rhea Ripley just getting screwed over. And you have Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez, who are good friends after we just saw on um, NXT, not this, not this past week, but the week before. I don't know if you saw that when Raquel Gonzalez came out, did her thing, then Rhea Ripley came out, and then Bianca Belair came out. Yeah, and it was like yeah, that was cool, yeah. Full circle. That was cool, but that was. Gonzalez winning by DQ, so Rhea Ripley can just show more of her assholey inside. <laughs> and then... Tamina pinning Sasha Banks. Um, that's going to be the big, big upset of the of this round here. And then Sasha just goes on a tear and attacks Tamina afterwards. So this actually would give Tamina her full face turn, give her that there, you know, that redemption story. Um, as she's going to have to go up against Raquel Gonzalez in the finals, and Tamina overcomes. So we have 15th ranked Tamina coming out of the Beth Phoenix bracket into the final four. Um, Cause remember queen of the ring, we need to build, we need to, we need, needs to mean something. Right. Right. Um, so Tamina gets some prestige there. And then finally the Trish Stratus bracket, number three, Bailey, even though she hasn't done much recently, um, will roll up number 30, Mercedes Martinez. Um, yeah, this Mer- one here. Yeah. yeah I was like, yeah, Mercedes winning. It says, what's that? Says, oh yeah, no, I'm Mercedes. sorry. I Mercedes. No, you're right. Yeah. I have Mercedes winning by roll up, not Bailey. Um, yeah, Mercedes, the number 30 seed, um, upsetting Bailey. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I wrote that wrong. I'm like, Bailey's na- narrative of losing all the time needs to continue. Um, 14 versus 19. So 14 versus 19 is Ember Moon versus Lacey Evans, but Lacey Evans is currently unable to compete, so she needs a replacement. This is where I had to make some because you know who I replaced her with at first? Who's that? Any guess? I, I replaced her with oh, Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Yeah, but that's then, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> in the news today, you see yeah. Ronda Rousey's knocked up. So I'm like, well, that changed some things. So we replace Lacey Evans with Jessamine Duke. I could have done either one. Um, Marina Shafira or Jessamine Duke. So I chose Jessamine Duke because it was a coin flip. And either way, I have Duke. I love as much as I love Ember Moon. You know, I can't have the faces going over all the time. So Jessamine no. Duke picks up the win by submission. Um, this one will just be a, a, a poor match and actually a future booking. Alexa Bliss and Lana. Yeah. Um, Bliss is number six. Lana's number 27. And Bliss just beats her. Just straight up beats her. And then number 11, Shayna Baszler. Number 22, Tony Storm. That would be a hell of a match just in general. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, That'd be great. And as much as Baszler's been losing, I mean, we would run this after um, Baszler and Jax are split up, and maybe Baszler actually gets some wins under her belt. So we'll have Baszler win by submission. So this sets up an interesting final four in the Trish Stratus back bracket. Mercedes Martinez, the 30 seed against Jessamine Duke, the 19 seed. And this is where Duke, again, wins by submission. And then Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. And I have Baszler winning by count out because Alexa Bliss, we could have the fiend or the fiend happen, Bray Wyatt, something else happens. The Lily doll gets attacked or stolen. Actually, that's what I should have booked. Lily doll gets stolen. 
that makes even more sense than Alexa Bliss gets kidnapped. At this point, it could be an RKO, and then Riddle runs down to try to save her and hits her with a scooter. So yeah, I didn't talk about Riddle and, and Orton just because I was so just ugh. Well, I wanted to enjoy the show. Oh, I was I was hoping Riddle was going to get fed to Orton too, like he got fed to Lashley, because then I already had my booking done saying Riddle gets fed to Strowman next. Yep. But nope, nope. They had to have Riddle go over. Yep. You have two crucifixes in the same show. Just going to put that out there too. Same finish. Both, you know, wrong in the Oscar continuity. match. Wrong. Oscar match had the had the crucifix, and so did Riddle's match. Yep. Dumb. Um, but this will lead us to the finals of this one: Jessamine Duke versus Shayna Baszler, which, again, they, there's the, so much history there between those two, and Shayna Baszler takes it. So now our final four: number eight Bianca Belair versus number four Becky Lynch. As much as I don't want to do it, I have Becky Lynch going over. Becky Lynch pinning Bianca Belair. Um, and then Tamina and Shayna Baszler. I put Tamina by DQ because I don't think she'd win clean. But I have Tamina beating Shayna somehow, which leads Becky Lynch, the four seed, versus Tamina, the 15 seed. And our queen, and new queen of the ring, Tamina, pulls up the huge upset. Beats Becky Lynch. Gets some momentum. Gets her SmackDown Women's Tag Title shot and does something. I was going to say because the champions would be involved in this too, obviously with being thirty-two. So right, so it's just something like stakes-wise. But Tamina gets the prestige. You make a big deal out of it. You give her the push, and I'll keep pushing her to the moon. So um, no, um, no, uh, Candice Michelle, Candice LeRae on here. I didn't see Candice LeRae on here at all. No, I didn't put her in because once I got the Raw and the SmackDowns. Yeah. So then it was, um, you know, like she could have taken the Caden Carter, Mercedes Martinez spots. Mm-hmm. I wanted to put Casey Catanzaro because you need someone like that to get fed. Sure. Um, I mean, it could have been Candice LeRae. It could have been any of them. Um, so, yeah. So there we go. That was, I mean, it was fun doing Queen of the Ring. Um, if there are any suggestions on what to do. I mean, I don't want to do a men's King of the Ring quite yet, but, you know, we'll see what happens for next week. Just what kind of inspiration this week's SmackDown gives me or anything. Could be rebooking old stuff too. I know there's other podcasts that do that already, but you can have some fun just booking. Just, mm-hmm. so, you know, anything to distract from from reality, you know? So, um, all right. So let's get into our top five. So this is our top five repackaged characters. I think this one's going to be fun. I do too. And just, just so people, if you're listening, like uh, Jason and I, the way it was explained to me or the way I understood it at least was it had to be like a completely different character. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be like Bray Wyatt to the fiend or uh, I know I'm really jumping around by, you know, levels of ability here, but uh Regular Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Exactly. Yeah, Ringmaster to like Steve Austin. It's not really a repackage. You need something completely different. Right. So, I mean, maybe I do have one of those that's maybe like that, but the other ones are all like. Right, right. Completely different. So, would you like to go first or second this week? Oh, uh, you can go first. It was your idea. Right. You can go first. Thanks. Um, my number five is Husky Harris to Bray Wyatt. <laughs> but it was different. It was different. So, it's okay. Completely different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been talking about burning the fiend and having him reborn as Husky Harris for weeks now. 
doesn't look like it's going to happen, but um, just that transition. Like it was, you know, you have this. Was he in the Nexus or the Core? I don't even remember. Nexus. Remember, they used to say he was like he was a tank with a Ferrari engine. Right. So it's just like it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So a poor bastard. But him coming back as Bray Wyatt and then getting oh. chanted Husky Harris at him his first couple weeks <laughs> as Bray Wyatt is just amazing. So, you know, I love the Bray Wyatt character. <laughs> I've, I've, I've not, I've not made that. A, I've, that's not a secret. I love Bray no, Wyatt. No, I do too. So, I, I do too. Big um, time. Yeah. That, that's a good one for me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Number five for me, Rikishi. Uh, the father of uh, Jimmy and Jay, of course. But before he was Rikishi, he was a sultan. Uh, who is a very often forgot about for good reason character. He, he actually did, right. I believe he faced a rock in his first WrestleMania match right. when he was rocking my via. Um, he did. He had, he had Iron Sheik with him and yeah. Bob Backlund, right? Was yep. it Bob Backlund? I, think I it believe was it was Bob Backlund and Iron Sheik, yeah. Had them both with him, had that. That very stereotypical da, 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 music, almost like yeah. the Iron Sheiks, that, that that weird ponytail. Yeah, uh, didn't really. Nobody really bought it. wasn't great. Uh, no. And then he proved that it was not the actual performer; it was the gimmick. And he became Rikishi. And say what you want about it, but dude was over as hell. So he, he yeah. pulled it off oh. and became a Hall of Famer, which whatever that's worth. Right. Um, my number four is the one that maybe falls into the category we were talking about before, but I don't care because I loved it. It's Cody Rhodes to Stardust. Oh, that was different. It is, but you knew it was the same person because you had the Stardust, Gold Dust, Rhodes, and Rhodes. Like you knew, right. yeah, like it was just all right. like the other ones. Like you could actually, especially in the time frame of some of these, like you would know that they weren't the same, um, or you know. You have to think about it. Like this one, obviously, but I love the Stardust character. I mean, I thought he did so great. Um, oh, he did, yeah. He he got dealt a bad hand. I mean, he wasn't booked terribly well. He had the good stuff with the, the green, the Green Arrow at SummerSlam. He really got him over very well. Um, Stephen Amell, right? Yes, that was yep. fun. I mean, he had the stuff with the Ascension, which was stupid, but like it could have worked. It just, it just, I think it was the wrong. It was bad timing, wrong time. I think it worked out for him in the long run. I would say just the way everything. Him. Yeah, but, he's doing uh, pretty good right now. So I think, think, think I don't think he really, uh, has too many regrets. All right. So who do you have for number four? Number four for me is Umaga. Uh, he former Jamal of Jamal and Rosie. Uh. <laughs> I believe cousin to Roman Reigns. Everybody apparently so far is related to Roman Reigns and The Rock. Right. I think it's cousin as well. I think he's. I think he's the Usos cousin too. So yeah, yeah, they're all cousins, right? So the Usos cousin and yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, it's all the same family. Yeah. Yeah, but he, you know, he goes from I mean Jamal and Rosie, the whole three minute warning thing that was pretty cool when Bischoff introduced them. And he came out, and he had a real nice career after that as Umaga, while uh, Rosie, unfortunately, got the superhero and training gimmick. Uh, he they both got some gold throughout their time. They did. They did. I see. Champion had uh, Roden Jamal and Rosie was a tag champ with the Hurricane. Yep. So, yep. Mean, Umaga was uh, faced actually current world champion Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania when he had McMahon versus Trump. So that yeah. Was so I mean, he was in some pretty something. high profile stuff. The Santina Morello. Yeah. Thing. like he's he's been in some good stuff yeah yep. Umaga, Umaga is definitely criminally underrated absolutely 
Yeah, you're, you're, that's a good one. Um, my number three is Isaac Yankum to fake Diesel to Kane. Um, just that progression. Uh, it took a while. I, I mean, we're pacing ourselves in the late 90s now, or mid-90s, when Kane came out. Was Kane around 98, 99? Kane was or maybe 97. Yeah, so whatever it was, it's just like, I didn't know Isaac Yankum and Kane were the same person. Not even close. Knew Isaac Yankum and Diesel were this fake. Diesel were the same person because obviously right. maskless and maskless. But then you had this Kane character who just came out like, pun intended, a ball of fire, and just took the took everything, like, changed everything, which was great. So I think that was that was definitely. I mean, look where Kane is now. Just got inducted, mm-hmm. um, and just one of you know, just kind of a mainstay of, of fandom. Uh, for number three, I have The Godfather from Papa Shango. Uh, and I believe he was a different character in between there. He was. He was Kama. Kama. That's what it was. I couldn't remember the name. And I didn't want to Google it. I wanted to do it straight up. Yep. Papa uh, Shango yep. to Kama to The Godfather. Yep. From apparently. You don't want to go to The Godfather from there? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're at Attitude Era. You want to talk about Ober. I mean, oh, yeah. he had. He was. Pimping hoes and lighting blunts, and you couldn't get much better than that around the Attitude Era time. Around by that time in society, that was okay. he was so. I mean, I mean another guy too who, and everybody you talk to, well, I don't talk to these people. Everybody you hear says this guy in real life is the last guy you want to see across from you in a fight too. Oh, yeah. I think he was a bad bouncer dude. at like a Vegas strip bar. Still is, I believe. Yeah, I know. I, I, I one of my favorite shows is uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Yep. And they do a lot of, uh, he interviewed him quite a bit. And he's always, they, it's always inside the strip club. He's sitting there like, like smoking or drinking something, doing shots. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. So with Kama, he was Kama Mustafa first. He was part of uh, Ted DiBiase's million dollar club for a while. And they had the thing with the Undertaker stealing the urn, melting oh, it down. Oh, that's right. And yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah. Then, about that. He, then he turned into just Kama as part of the Nation of Domination. And then, and then that slowly, he, then he got turned into the godfather of the yep. nation combination, but still comma, and then just eventually turned into the pimp. So, yeah. Um, my number two, we don't need to discuss because my number two was Jamal to Umaga. Okay. Um, so I was, you know, I, I agree everything you have to say. So we don't need to rehash it. But hopefully you don't steal my number one. I'll be shocked if you steal my number one, but. Who knows with with how we're thinking? Here. So, go ahead. <laughs> Number two for me is Dolph Ziggler from Nikki of the Spirit Squad. I can't do the high pitched voice the way he did during the intro. This was to go from essentially the throwaway character as a male cheerleader, cheerleader, not even the guy they were really trying to push out of that because Kenny Dexter was the guy they were trying to push right out of the Spirit Squad, and to have the career he's had. I mean, there's been times where he's kind of been seen as like the gatekeeper or I guess you could say high-end jobber. I've always been a big fan of his, incredibly talented. One of the great crimes I can remember in wrestling is him not getting a bigger, longer run with the world title after he cashed in on Del Rio the night after, after like WrestleMania. year or whatever it was. Of yeah, I mean, that freaking title, uh, bo- this, uh, contract. Multiple-time world champion, intercontinental champion, one of the best, one of the best pro wrestlers. Forget sports entertainers on that entire roster current tag team champion but if you looked at his humble beginnings as nikki you would not foresee what he has become right 
All right. I hope we don't have the same number one again. We do I'll not. I guarantee it. My number. Well, now that you said that, mine's way out there. Is yours from the nineties? Yes. Well, so is mine. I have a bad feeling here. You ready? Mine is Scotty Polo to Raven. Oh, it's not mine. Okay, good. Um, when I think of just transformations and the characters, you know what I mean? And I'm talking ECW Raven. I'm talking not the vignettes with Preppy Boy Raven and all that right. stuff with Canyon. I'm talking, you had Scotty Polo, who was the manager of the Quebecers, who did that rich boy, all that, that whole gimmick. And then all of a sudden he's Raven when he comes out, when Stevie Richards uh, introduces him as Raven on ECW TV, and then the run that Raven had and kind of the legacy he built. It, I mean, amazing. Just, just the best. So. Supposedly like legitimate, like IQ of a genius too. Supposedly he's incredibly smart. Yeah. So all around, I mean, I'll put Raven over anytime. Well, I could guarantee you your number one, was not my number one because my number one was your number three, and that is the mayor, Glenn Jacobs, Kane <laughs> from Isaac Yankum. I don't know as far as like overall career, championships, longevity, big matches, um, marquee moments. If you looked at Isaac Yankum and said, this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer in 25 years, there's not a person alive that would go, I can see it. Right. No, Kane, number one for me, one of my personal favorites throughout his career. So it, it was that was easy. That one was filled in last week. As soon as we, as soon as we said what we were doing for our top five, it was already Kane was number one for me, and I worked down from there. Yeah, I mean, I when I just put down ideas to start, and I had like, I don't know, nine on the list, and I, I deleted all the other ones, of course. Kerwin um, White to Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, no, or Beaver Cleavage to our. <laughs> yeah. our uh, Thrash, Those are terrible. Thrash. Yeah, Thrasher oh. to Beaver Cleavage. I mean, Mosh to Just Incredible. Well, they, I mean, you could you'd have to go Aldo Montoya to Mosh to Just Incredible. That's not a bad one. Um, but that didn't. I mean, you'd have to be a big bigger ECW fan to really have that on your list. Um, yeah, that was fun. So, any ideas for what you want to do next week, or you want to think it through? Uh, let's think it through. I, I haven't thought, I haven't thought too much of this right now. Um, with you know we have backlash coming up and all that stuff so um we can get into money in the i mean we'll get into money in the bank things money in the bank top fives and all that stuff um so speaking of backlash the trivia question from last week was when was the last time the world championship changed hands at a backlash i'm trying to remember you will if, kick yourself. I'm just going to tell you. What's that? You will kick yourself. Was it Brock beating Rollins? No. I couldn't remember if that was a backlash, but after right after Rollins took it off him at 35, I couldn't remember. I know Brock won money in the bank. And I couldn't remember if backlash was after that. I, I I don't know. This one stumped me. But but Brock didn't. No, I think you're getting your ears confused because didn't Brock cash in on Kofi on, on Fox? No, 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 that, no. He cashed in on Rollins. Because he, he paid him back for Rollins catching on him for WrestleMania 31. Brock, they just gave Brock the world title match with Kofi because it was their premiere on Fox. Huh. It was at Extreme Rules. Okay. Okay. Um, I just wanted to be sure that I didn't have it wrong. So that makes sense. 
Nope. So you, any other guesses or no? I can't even. I, honestly, Backlash disappeared for so many years, I can't even think of what it would have been. I'll give you the year. 2017. Recent. Uh, 2017. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. It's Jinder Mahal defeating Randy Orton. Oh yeah, that was not. That was not a. That was this not was not a be bright one. spot in the the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for Jinder for getting his run, but oof, well, that's man. because they were doing that big India push at yeah, the time. So yeah. it's just like, ah, uh, but yeah, that was Jinder freaking Mahal. So this this one this week's trivia question is a fun one. I mean, it's it's part current, part nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I don't know, did you read it yet or no? I All did. Right. Yeah, I already okay. have, I have one. Who are the four characters slash wrestlers that have won both the hardcore and twenty four seven titles? Yeah. So in this one, there are two who have the same name and two who are like the same human being, but different characters. Okay. Who do you have? Who's one that you have? Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson is definitely most definitely one of yep. them. So there are right, three right, others. Right. So then I bet you can get the second one pretty quickly then. Um, but there are there are three others. So two of them whom had who were different characters, but then like they won it, they won the hardcore as a character, but then the 24-7 as a different character. Right. Um, but they're the same human being. So and there's then, some thinking uh, about that one, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. I was just I was listening to a different podcast earlier, and they're talking hardcore title champions, and then it got me thinking, who? Um, so that will do it. Thank you for joining us as we test out this new um, this new format and doing some bookings. You can find everything on averagefanofwrestling.com. Um, don't forget to check out Ben and Chris. Was it Ben and Chris do sports? Ben and Chris talk sports. Talk sports. Yeah, do sports, talk sports. Same old stuff. Um, ben and Chris talk sports. There's current what's happenings um, in the world of all sports, which is nice. Um, also, we're going to be launching another website off brand, off wrestling, um, but keep an eye out soon for. Um, afwcards.com that will be out there if you're interested in sports trading cards we're going to post some stuff up there as well i'm hoping to try to get into the memorabilia piece too found some cool stuff that i might pull the trigger on not quite sure yet um we'll see we'll see what happens um but yeah don't forget to subscribe spread the word give us a like it's more of the spreading the word piece we want to try to just build the build the webs uh build the traffic here a little more um but other than that anything else you'd like to add no just uh, you know you can you can hit us up on, on on twitter and uh or the website and let us know you know if there's something you guys want to hear or have any questions we're you know we want to be interactive we just we want to hear from you guys to interact so. with. yeah we'll get there so this will be fun so for chris i'm jason we will see you next week as always next thursday uh and have a wonderful week stay safe everyone Enjoy it. Take it easy, guys.